Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Footstock Weekly Podcast. This week I talked to Ian, aka Hoodwink, very active on uh, my weekly stream in the, the Slack community on Twitter. He's a very active member of the Footstock community, so it was great to chat to him. Thank you all for the support so far. It's amazing. If you can leave a review, leave me a review. If you can subscribe, make sure you subscribe. We're about to go into a very exciting period for Footstock. There'll be a lot of new users, I expect, over the next few weeks. And if you can just do me a favor, if you see any beginners asking for advice, tell them to come and listen to the podcast. That's all I'd ask of you. So look, thank you so much for your support to date. And uh, look, good luck with the the 100k free roll entries. It's going to be a really exciting week. I'll hopefully have another podcast out this week with Danilo, who won the 10k free roll last year. Uh, Just yet to schedule that. So I'm not going to say it's 100%, but I'd say it's about 95 because he has agreed to it. And other than that, onwards to real football. I cannot wait. The virtuals have been doing me well the last few days, but geez, I cannot wait for some real football. Look after yourselves and I'll chat to you next week. So now I'm joined by Hoodwink, a.k.a. Ian. Ian, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm great. It's funny. Do you know what? It's for the first time in like a year of podcast, I've just thought to myself, I always ask people how they are for the sake of the podcast, but we've obviously just chatted for 10 (laughs) minutes and I know how you are. It's a bit of a stupid thing, but it's just a habit I'm in now. Do you know what I mean? Um, Ian, do you want to explain the name Hoodwink to me first off? That's something I didn't ask you. And also, you don't want to, you don't want to tell me? Long story. Go on. Is nah. it is it a good story though? Not really. As as that. Oh, come on. oh god, that's good. <laughs> Next time you're in the story. podcast. Next time you're in the podcast, maybe. Um, well, look. If you're not going to tell us that, tell us about your time on Foodstock. When you signed up, significant milestones, lowlights, highlights, etc. Um, so I joined in May. Um, I was part of the uh, football index that was seen it kind of all the time on Twitter. Um, then listening to your podcast, it was coming up every week. So. I joined, putting put £10 then, I think, lost it on roulette. <laughs> it wasn't much fun to start with, so I kind of, I think I maybe left, I think I I got my bonus cards, got like Ryan Sterling and a few big ones, and I think I put them in the season-long tournament, and then kind of lost my £10 and left it there. Then I got an email, I think, saying, um, you can take your teams out, loads of duty, COVID, that kind of thing, and that kind of just, I went back into it, I'll do a wee bit of research, see what I'm actually doing this time instead of just doing the usual roulette. Um, managed to get my players back out of that, so I could kind of join tournaments. Um, and yeah, just kind of went on through there. Started to kind of understand a wee bit more about roulette, a wee bit more about tournaments, pack openings and you know how, how lucky you can be and how unlucky you can be. Um, so really just kind of built up through there. Started it basically through... Your link, actually. Um, so you'll get on my, on my roulette and on my pack opening commissions. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, kind of kind of go through Football Index to here um, and, and started to enjoy it maybe after a couple of weeks where before that I just didn't have a clue. So, yeah, um, that's been, what, three months, I think. So still learning, still brand new. Um, still making the same mistakes, I think, sometimes that tournaments and stuff like that are um, hard to judge and just... Three months is brand new compared to a lot of people that have been on it for a while. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. 
It's one of those things, like, you know, with obviously the big boom of people coming into May, God knows how many of them are still around. Mm-hmm. They say 1,500, but you're definitely not getting that in the tournaments every day, but a lot of people don't like virtuals. But let's say there's a 1,000 people who love footstock and run footstock and trade and enter tournaments and play roulette. I, I don't even know if there would be. They would tell you otherwise. I don't know is the bottom line there. But it'll be until next May before everyone has seen a full season cycle. And even then, it'll have been a strange se- season because of the COVID thing. And, you know, the major tournament will be the first time people are seeing the build-up to a major tournament and all. So I don't think anyone's really an expert, even though you do have the gurus and you do have the fucking wizards. Like, mm-hmm. no one will really be an expert at footstock for some time. So it's not like there's anyone with a massive edge. Um, well, there definitely are edges out there and definitely people who put more time in and stuff. But And I've been there for longer. But it's been a very strange time the last few months. And I'm in the same boat as you in, in many ways because... I mean, when I signed up, like you did, did the 10k free roll, submitted a team, kind of forgot about it. And then when they started sponsoring me in November, I thought, ah, I'll dabble a bit more. And I, I put in maybe a grandish 1500 quid, something like that, and then kind of left it and then came back in about April whenever things started getting excited again. Um, and obviously did the pack openings and things. And I've only really been taking tournaments and everything on a weekly basis and virtuals pretty seriously since then. Um. But yeah, no, that that's nice. You, you have a similar story to most guests, to be honest with you. It's actually seldom you get people who were on pre... Everyone actually... A lot of people have the same story. I signed up last year. I fucked off for nine months and I came back. So that's literally what everyone's done. If you had the collection for nine months ago and you just logged back in and sort of May or June, you would have been absolutely delighted. But joining in May was different, but... <laughs> I have no doubt there's a bunch of people who signed up with the Indiegogo campaign and just kind of oh, no left years. it. <laughs> Yeah, literally, I'd say there's. I don't know how many cards that campaign would have given people. I don't know what the like standard packs were. I don't know how common Trent and De Bruyne's etc. were, because I didn't sign up with it. Maybe Mark White or someone or one of the the original lads can tell us, Gertie. Uh, but like, imagine if you just signed up with it. I mean, I don't even know what it cost to support it. You go, let's say it was a hundred quid, and you put a hundred quid in because you're a big punter or whatever. And like, if you have a football index portfolio that's significant, or you gamble on Betfair or your own other things, and then you rock up. And your collection that you forgot about, you finally you see it in a wee ad with Cami in next week, and then you sign in. There's like three grand there. That'd be some crack, wouldn't it? I don't think I, I think that's completely possible. It's probably happened to a few people. Definitely, yeah. But look, I think this week it's it's like many weeks. I was saying before we recorded. While there's a lot happening at Footstock, there's not a lot happening. But, you know, there's a lot happening behind the scenes in the works. We know about it all. Their comms have been great, but there's not actually a lot changing day to day. We're in kind of a big virtual spell, which I have to say I'm personally enjoying very much for the first time in a long time. Uh, but there's a couple of things to talk about, and then we have questions. And the first thing, I just said you kind of talk about it. Have you seen much of this? There seems to be a bit of unhappiness within, I don't know, even know, it could be a select few people. I wouldn't say it's the community as a general. I think it could be, you know, the vocal minority kind of screaming about the virtuals, saying, oh, I'm not winning, same people always winning what would your experience of the virtuals be personally and be honest with me like do you think they're fit for purpose fair what what's your thoughts on them i think um when there's no football and especially through covid when there's no football and you know just now leading up to the football i think they're perfect um i think they're really really tough to win um there's so many stats now um you've kind of got to do the research to be up there uh, even when I, I can easily spend just a couple hours before it and do my research and I'm <laughs> never anywhere near it. <laughs> um, 
But I think the on Slack last night there was someone that kicked off saying it's the same names every every single time or every week or whatever. Um, and you know, a lot of people just put screenshots of all the different winners that have been there, and they're different winners every time. But I suppose there's some people that are kind of consistent that um, they've got the same stats as everyone. Maybe they just pick better, um, a bit luckier. But I don't think. I don't think it's you know you winning before the stream, Letha winning before the stream. Complete luck because you are in the streams every week, you're entering the tournaments every week, and that's the first sort of really big wins. I think they were mentioned. I think that was on Slack as well. Um, so I think that's. I don't even think it's drama. I think that's just you know. It's me hunting for something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, it might, virtual is only for everyone, but if you're not winning them and you're spending, you know, £15 every time, then just, you know, quit till the real football starts. I think, I don't think there's or the, the beginners and the, the free rolls, because if you're not winning, it's not because someone else is getting an edge over anyone else, really, you know, invisible stats and stuff like that. Stats are there for everyone, so... Yeah, if you've, I think you've, I think you've got to research them, and you've, you've got to score big now with some of the scores that come out. Um, but aye, they're they're good. They're, I think real football's a hell of a lot better, of course. But it's a good filler when there's there would literally be what would it be roulette and virtual battles if they were known every day. So um, aye, I definitely I like them. I like them. There's there's a lot too why the same people play as highly. There really is now. In fairness, the timing of lethal being on a stream. He does stream one night a week. He does stream probably. Does he stream one night a week? I, that, 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 the chances that are not they're not minuscule. It's not ridiculous. It's not like winning the lottery. It's probably like one in five, one in ten. You know, it's not that ridiculous that he would win while on a stream. Me was during a different stream. I don't even. I wasn't even. I didn't even know. All you fuckers jumped in and started telling me it won. <laughs> so like, well, I can see why that might look a bit funny. The first time both of us won happened to be live. Yeah, okay, but it can happen. But in terms of the same faces being at the top all the time, I have no... I had never had any issue. I literally, on a podcast last week, with, on Callum Lagdon's one, was saying, I'm not a tournament guy. I'm trapped here with all my tournament credit. I've been trying to burn it. I'm literally... Like, the reason I've I've had a fucking golden week... Let me actually pop into Footstock here. I feel like I, like if I can't talk about this on my own fucking podcast, who can I talk about this to? No one in my real life cares. Let me see. I'll go in here to virtual, virtual tournament win and sort by that. I've had a fucking ball, hoodwink. So over the last, we'll, we'll even just go back to like, what, 27th of August, 28th of August, 107, 182, 781, 217, 291, 50 quid, 50 quid, 80 quid. Like, I was complaining that I wasn't winning and I've won like 1500 quid in the last week. But a lot of that's down to the fact that I'm literally entering like 75 quids worth of teams, at least, most virtual days. Do you know... There's that. There's the fact that I've burnt through about two and a half grand's worth of tournament credit over the past three months after the pack opening without with winning fuck all. I'm just having a purple patch. So while I've been at the top of the, the lists recently, I don't think it's truly... I don't think it's fair if I'm one of the ones that's been targeted. If it's like Guardian, someone like that, they, the man analyses the stats inside out. Everyone has them. If you're not using them, yes, you're at a disadvantage. Do you know, everyone has them in front of them. And even the other side of that is, it's how do you use the stats? Some people will go and they look and they'll say, well, United are based on Gertie's thing and based on the green and red kind of thing he does at the top to see um, who's the most likely to win. 
like on foodstock stats stuff there's like over 500 people in there and you'd, you'd imagine most of them are pretty active but anyway i was digressing there i'm saying about the, the green and red if someone just sees like 62 percent, it's not like that's still only a 62 percent chance based on what gertie has he hasn't got inside information and even if he does the stats are there for you to see do you know what i'm saying so if you see 62 percent, i'm really going about this in a weird way and you put in it's man united against aston villa and you put in bruno marshall rashford three other United players, and then you put in two fucking other people to fill up your goalkeeper and your defender slot or something, you're not going to win. I don't care. United won't win 7-0 in a virtual. And if they do win 2-0, 3-0, all your players aren't going to score highly, and that's what you need to win virtuals. You need 20-plus points in every player, more or less. You might get away with a 15 here and there. So it's about picking the correct few players from the right amount of teams and picking a differential within there and getting a bit lucky. Do you know, it's how you use the stats as well. I just haven't seen any correlation between winners. People have patches. People, Vespasian plays as highly all the time, but he probably enters five teams a day between the two tournaments. So, like, that's fair. And maybe I'm giving this more airtime than it deserves, in fairness. But it's it's one of those. Because I do think this could literally be, like, two or three people that are a bit grumpy because they're shit at virtuals. Do you know what I mean? You can just be shit at things as well as unlucky. And maybe they're just kind of trying to lash out and tarnish the platform with bullshit facts. Maybe I'm wrong. I think um, looking at the P- when I first started looking at the stats I just looked at PPG and looked at the top you know, two or three teams that are likely to win I, I get nowhere with the tournament so recently I've been trying to split up to even looking at you know clean sheets and goals scored so um, I think Arsenal uh, Arsenal Villa uh, I think tonight, I've not seen the score yet but Oh, will we look at it? Um, for it. I think I've got Obama Yang and Willian. But before I probably would have picked, you know, six Arsenal players and you're right, they're not they're not going to score 20, 30 points. But if I can get they two with high scores or probably be a one 0 villa win, but <laughs> um then I've split up kind of into three teams. I think I've got four teams actually tonight, rather than what I would normally do, which is maybe half of half Arsenal, half Man United, just looking at the top part of the stats looking at PUPG and looking at someone that's likely to score. I'm never going to win money like that. So even I'm just learning, looking at the slack and seeing what some of the some of the people that are consistently placing don't necessarily win a lot of money, but um, listen to their advice based sort of through the yeah. slack. But, the, the other thing is that I've started doing more rigidly the last week, and I think it's actually having a big effect. And people who position highly all the time, like Vespasian has told me he does it, and he's probably going to curse me for basically putting this out there in the podcast. But like what I do really rigidly the last week is I'm hedging. So like I'll go one team, but then the other team might have an Aston Villa player. To I'm pretty sure I have a team either in the amateur or the pro tonight with Jack Grealish and Samada. Just in case. Because if they win, which there's a chance they'd win, I'm at a massive advantage to all those people who had Willian and Aubameyang. Do you know? So you'll probably place if Aston Villa win this one nil. You will probably get a, a decent a decent payout. Um, it's about hedging, like that's a huge part of these virtuals and, and placing highly. And obviously, people on smaller budgets probably can't afford to do that, and that's fair. But like, what you need to realize is people like Vespasian have a massive collection. Callum Lagden has a massive collection. Mister Doe, I'm pretty sure, is a big enough collection. I'm looking through the names here. I mean, my collection's big enough, like eight or nine grand. I mean. 
if you're rocking in with a grand worth of a collection, that's fair, you know, and you, you can win. But if other people are entering four times as many teams, you have to appreciate that four times they're four times more likely to place highly. Anyway, I'm probably going off on that one a wee bit. I'm just going to skip towards the end here. I'm way in. I think this is a this is a fucking nil-nil. That's actually a bad, bad one for my teams. I think a lot of my teams had Willian and Aubameyang. There's been a lot of draws lately. Draws never help anyone. Sack. I'd either had a duo, an Arsenal duo in my four pro teams, so I'm probably in trouble. The amateurs, I had a Grealish, but sure, he did fuck all. It was nil nil. Two I teams took it of Grealish. With about five minutes to go, <laughs> put in Nick. Yeah, <laughs> clean sheet would have helped. Yeah, in fairness though, a lot of people there would have had Arsenal singles or duo. So hopefully we'll see how that one transpires. But anyway, look, because I'm trying to keep these podcasts to half an hour, forty minutes. Hoodwink, Ian. I'm going to we'll move on to questions because there actually are a good few this week, which is brilliant. So thanks to the guys for the engagement. Um, Aaron Palace, good lad, hoodwink. He owes me a couple of pints as he usually jumps above me half an hour after a game is finished in single tournaments when Footstock finishes updating. An easy question. What's your favourite Footstock tournament story? Um, probably the most recent one um, was the, the FS Virtual Championship. Um I think that was actually live on your stream as well when we finished it. But going into the last game, I was in second place. Mm. And I was like three grand. <laughs> I yeah. knew I wasn't going to finish there. So I finished like 28th, um, just like 130 quid or something like that. So so it was, uh, if I just looked at it at the end, it would have been a really, really good kind um, of. But even just the kind of that's kind of what footstocks are about, really. The, the fun, kind of the, the thrill of being. God, if I'd, if I'd stayed up there, I'd, I think I only had one player or no players in the last game, so I knew I was going to drop. But sitting looking at the last game at, at three grand, I was like, oh, God, that would be absolutely brilliant. I didn't think the wife would have already spent it. But, um, <laughs> but that's probably my most fun one because I've, I've had a couple of other sorry, bigger ones than that. But um, I think the Wolves, the night of the Europa League when Wolves and Man United were in the semi finals, um, that was my biggest win. But that one was probably the best one, the virtual championship, because it was live. Watching it live as well was sort of quite good. Yeah, but maybe a thrill than just a normal looking at it on my phone. So, well, I think it's it's like any gambling platform or any gambling in general. For me, anyway, what it's about is having a sweat. All mm. you need is the sweat going into the last game. If you give me a tenfold accumulator and going into the last game, I just need Atlanta to beat Juventus. Probably not going to happen. But if I go into that game and Atlanta get beaten and I lose, what a fucking buzz for the day if you're out for the pints. Do you know, that that's what you're paying for. That's what you're hoping for. If you win, it's a bonus. That, that's how I look at it. It's the entertainment value, uh, not necessarily just the money. And I think on Footstock, do you know, whenever people tagged me, or jumping on that YouTube video being like, John, you should really check the virtuals. You should actually really just go and check the virtuals. I was kind of like, right, something's up here because I knew I was sitting in like 10th or whatever last time I checked. I was like, fuck i didn't did i and then i was watching it live and i'm pretty sure i was top and then i went down then i came back up and it was like i'm shitting myself do you know and if i had come second i still would have been happy but first it was over the moon i definitely um i think i came second in an amateur last night and i didn't realize but i think you get the top three in each tournament are getting the monster ticket so it was 25 quid as well i didn't think of um but yeah no i know what you mean that that was that was i remember like narrating that I'm just fucking shitting it for you um, there's a few people on the stream the people on the stream obviously have an interest in Footstock so it's not a surprise that quite often people who are on the stream watching 
mm-hmm. are on the leaderboards and there's a sweat it seems like every week and there's a tournament wrapping up i'm looking there someone on the streams competing for top two top three which is brilliant like normally um, not me normally not <laughs> so that was why it was so different <laughs> FIPG tips. You have a hundred quid to build your hundred K team. Do you buy an exclusive pack, hope for the best, i.e. Havert, Sterling, etc., or build from scratch on the marketplace? I may or may not be thinking about this for my entry. Definitely marketplace. I've actually built 100%. a team if you want to hear the team. Oh did you? Let's do it. Let's do it. So I've actually I've put some effort into this one. You have a hundred quid team for us. Hundred quid so this was last night's buy now prices, so you could get this cheaper than cheaper than the ninety nine quid it came in. You could get cheaper just with putting bids. Uh, but for un- under 100 quid, you could get Nick Pope, uh, Tchaikovsky, Andy Robertson, Van Dyke, Pogba. You could go less than Pogba, but I fancy him for a good season. Uh, Harvey Barnes, um, Danny Sabalos, Thomas Suchek, Jamie Vardy, Raheem Sterling, and Obama Young for un- under 100 quid. That's a solid enough team. Decent team. Right? A few changes would probably go away, but... Um, for under under a hundred quid and just like ten minutes, can you looking over it? So, um, I would definitely do that rather than a pack because <laughs> packs are, can be hit or miss. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be like a hundred a hundred quid pack. You get sixty quid's worth of players, and one of your players is forty five of that, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've one decent player and ten chumps, nine chumps. I'd one hundred percent be building it for I the market. You know, like the the price is there. You can pick up Martial's and. So player son players that look like they could have a really good season ahead, attacking players who are suited to footstocks matrix for sub twenty quid. If you have like John McGinn, he was going for fifty p today. Someone was selling <laughs> up, got picked up at fifty pence for John McGinn. Jesus, remember like... him last season at the start? He was having a great season until he got injured. But um, I suppose you're you're Scottish, are you? You're you're a fan. Hey, Scottish, aye, aye. So you're a fan of him, obviously. Oh, he's class, aye. Who, who's your best at fullback, Tierney or Robertson? <laughs> yeah, because I see Ross and Ross, and there's someone else who's Scottish. They're gonna hate me because I know they're pretty active in the stream. But definitely Ross is always like Tierney's the best fullback. Um, but yeah, I would be buying it from the market. I think he could attract cracking team. You know, three players that are around twenty quid. Pick three that are about fifteen quid. Maybe weight that a bit differently. Anyway, you know what I'm getting at. You can get some pretty premium players like. Sean Thorpe, who's your favourite? This is probably quite a, a reciprocal question. Or not a reciprocal. What's the what's the fucking word? I've just worked 12 hours in air traffic control, everyone. Forgive my brain. Forget that I said anything. Sean Thorpe, who is his favourite member of the Slack community? Only one answer. See, that was, that was a tough one because I'm going to have to upset people. But I've got three and I'll choose one. So okay. Three, P-Murph, Frey Bentos and Goat261. They're my three. But if I had to choose one, it would probably be Goat because he's so positive on the on the <laughs> games channel is just hilarious sometimes. So like it's fully conspiracies and people on losing streaks and stuff like that. And he's the sensible guy that comes in and says, Look, take a break or he, he celebrates everybody's wins. Um and I'm always up night up at night until like one in the morning chanting him in the group chat while we're yeah. both trying to get roulette going. So it's just Good guy. They three, they three are good. They're in, they're in the group chat, so I can't really choose between them. But um, go for his positivity in the, the game. But not chat, FF Thinker, wrong. not Sean Thorpe. Um, he's my, he's the <laughs> obvious one. Um, <laughs> That's why I asked the question. <laughs> he's, he's the obvious one, of course. Uh, also, I, I, I like um, Gertie as well because he can make 
anything sound positive. It doesn't matter what's said, he will say, yeah, but this is good because of that. And it's just <laughs> so, so positive, no matter what it is. Um, but uh, FF Thinker was out of the running because he asked the question. That's the mm, only reason. Well, that's the problem. See, Gertie's <laughs> the type of guy, you know, you tell him an orphanage burnt down and he said, well, at least it helps with overpopulation. Do you know, no matter what it is, there's something positive. That motherfucker. Uh, um, it's funny. Swiss Mark, do you plan to focus more on the 100k or the weekly tournaments next season, or do you have the collection depth to compete on both? Well, I've got a bit of a plan. Um, so the, I'm going to kind of go big on the 100k one. So I've not got a collection that's going to cover, be able to cover that, try and be competitive and you know, we could do pros and that kind of thing. That's kind of not going to work. So if I kind of go big way, probably try and fit in KDB, Bruno, Trent, and kind of the big cards that, I'll, that I want, just, and that's it, just forget about them for the season. I'll just have to deal with it. But um, probably one of my strong points is sort of virtual battles. Um, tournaments in general, I'm hit or miss, not very consistent. So virtual battles are kind of my strong point where I've got one team or two teams to choose from so i'm thinking if i can try and do that and then get a couple of kind of squads together where i can do the single matches so maybe not focus as much on tournaments but actually just focus on a couple of teams so it might not matter if i've not got bruno i might not win the pro tournament that week or i'm not win it anyway but um i might not be in a chance with the, the pro tournaments but if there's a single match where you know it's newcastle v burnley and i've got you know super chris wood and uh, yeah, like yeah. McNeil, you know, I might actually give him a chance of winning that. As I think it's uh, 20 people, isn't it, in the single matches? So, yeah, probably put my, my best players in into the um, 100k to try and give him a chance and maybe a couple of weekly prizes or you never know, uh, get them finishing in the, in the money. Um, and then I just have to kind of go trade them back up um, and do single matches and try, and try and build up the collection again. But, you know, just just forget about the ones that are in the tournament for the for that thing. Mm. And tell me this, um, I think, I don't know if there's another question in this, I think I was going to ask you this, your 100k entry, um, the one that you're talking of, and maybe if there's any subsequent ones, when will you be entering your first entry? Um, I think I might just put it in at the start. Just get just, it done. Just forget about it. But I know the, the transfer window is going to be open for a while. Um, there might be some, you know, promoted teams that come up like Sheffield United did last year and actually do really well um, and you see a couple of kind of bargains in there but but I think if I just just put it in for players that I know are consistent um, and just you know worst case if you know, Messi comes <laughs> it's not happening but if, if Messi comes for example you can put in the £15 and just retract them and build the team again because um, what I'd say so, sorry I bought it in there with my conversations with the lads and with Holly last week, it's becoming ever more apparent to me that if you are entering a team with like Bruno and KDB or any United or City players, if you have two City players, which I'm sure you probably would, or two United players, you should just wait the week, game week two because you're not going to put up a peak score when you're missing two or three players, four players. You're just not going to, it's not going to be one of your six. It just, it won't be. And even if it is, you're not going to place if that's one of your peak scores, you're fucked. So now me saying that you have three players that go and score hat tricks, okay, John lead his words, but it's not going to happen. So that extra week of Salah does his ACL, you know, or Trent breaks his leg or goes to Real Madrid, or Leeds beat 
Liverpool 3 0 in the first week, and you're thinking, geez, maybe these Leeds boys are worth a look. Do you know, it's that extra week of data could be massive, especially with the transfer window still open. So that's the way I'm looking at it. If I, like, I think I have an entry or two in now, and I don't think you can pull them out without paying 15 quid. I'm not actually, I haven't checked it pre-season what the story is but if any of mine have at least more than one player from City or United or Burnley or whoever the other team is that miss out I just would I'd hold off a week I think it just makes sense uh, yeah, I, I probably will because it's going to help <laughs> you're not going, going to, have, to. <laughs> I don't know I, it's definitely going to have at least three City and United um, in fact I think I might even have two Burnley to be oh, no. um, but there's a couple of other teams that are only playing the first week as well so it's probably better to be. It just means play by ear. Yeah. If I keep Bruno, I'm just keep putting him in. <laughs> I like I like this next question from Mark. Um, I do. I know you're a keen roulette player. Do you think there's a way that things can be spiced up a bit in the 16 to 32 months to turn them around quicker, or is it just a case of a lot of people self-excluding? How do we go back to the roulette of a few months ago? This is like killing the streams. No one's playing roulette, so we're having to drop the 16 months <laughs> of idiot man soon, like. Um, we used to fill up 32 mans in minutes what do you put it down to? there's a couple of things that since the rake came back that seems to be a lot of people um, can you have a bit of a rant about that on the games channel I think the rake's got to be there to get to get the cards but sometimes like, even like if you do an 8 man and maybe you've got two James Ward Prowse in there and you're thinking yes I've won them then the rest are like Willy Bowley's then the rate takes a word price. You just it takes away the ugh, the fun of that victory, really, because sixteen thirty-two months maybe a bit different. Um, but if it's you know if it's three or four big cards, that can kind of kill it a bit. But I don't think you can change that if you're trying to get cards out of circulation. I think you need that rake. Um, some things you do see it's one of the conspiracy theories on the games channel but a lot of the time if you're on a run it's the same person I've, I've had it in fact the week where I won the 232 mans on your stream I went on a week of winning maybe 3 to 4 16 mans every time I was entering them and it was just I, I couldn't lose no matter who I was but I was putting in good cards but just went on a week where every single time I was going in thinking I'm going to win this you know just fully confident that I wasn't winning. I'd be in the final, but I win the next one. And it's the same way you'll see it with like Yankom was one that we used to hate because he's not on Slack or we can't find him on Twitter. So <laughs> I can Slack him, but you used to hate him. He'd win every single time. David Stock had that run. Um, I think uh, Goat Goat Two Six One. He had he had a I think maybe this week maybe um, he's had a really good run. Um, but sometimes you'll find it's the same people that consistently it can be. You know, two of them. In fact, your pal Frog Rage as well. He um, had done a call out for the thirty-two man saying one person to go put it in the footstock one. He joined. He won it. Then he, I think he maybe won the next one or he won the next sixteen man. And then the next day he won another thirty-two or something like that. So when you're locked in, you're locked in. But if you're not winning, I went on a when I counted back fifty-three sixteen mans in a row without winning. There's no point. I, I should have just left it. Um, but that's putting in like Van Anholtz and you know Athlequeta and that kind of thing. Um, so I, you see that a lot on on the games channel. Just it's so and so's winning. I'm self excluding. <laughs> you know, take a yeah. break. Um, so that it's it's obviously no fixed or anything like that. But 
people talk about an algorithm and stuff like that whether that's that's correct but it is it happens um i think swiss marks one as well that he um self-excluded for a maybe I don't know, a week or however long and when he came back i think he won two he won a 32 man and a 16 man or something like that and perfect you're delighted when it's happening to you but when it's not you, and you see the same names up there um i don't know i don't know if that affects it but and i don't know how to fix it to be honest because you yeah. can't take away the rate and that needs well, to be there i mean if you're if you're going into a bar if it, i don't know why i said a bar if you're going in anywhere you're going to do a, like a fucking actual roulette table and you're sticking a pound on a number each time do you know you're you're gonna lose thirty one times out of thirty two in this scenario. Now I know if you pick the look shows and you're up against shit players, technically the odds would be a wee bit skewed towards you because someone's picked a fucking Atsu or some fucking ridiculous card that's never gonna compete a zero PPG. You know what I'm getting at? So maybe it's not one in thirty two, maybe it's one in twenty five on the the basis of that. Maybe someone fucks a keeper in, maybe you're one in twenty three, and it's it's. People expecting to be able to just enter and win every third, fourth, fifth, sixth, thirty-two man. I mean, I like you shouldn't be winning unless like everyone in twenty. Do you know that that's the way it should be, and it should feel like you go twenty without fucking winning before you win. It's roulette. That's the way I look at it. But I understand that whenever you hit two or three in a row, I've had purple patches back in the boom. Whenever everyone was playing roulette, I'd throw into a few, and you'd win a couple in a row, and you feel like you went even two eight mans in a row. That should be a one in sixty-four shot. It's not. It feels like it's not, but it, it should be, and it probably is. Now, if you're entering elite Mares' Freds back in the day, okay, your odds are probably reduced massively, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, I don't know, maybe the rake's putting a lot of people off. Maybe people actually enjoyed having your roulette kings like Fred and all. We used to, I used to curse them. I used to say, I can't wait for a more varied roulette. Maybe people fucking love knowing that they're putting themselves in a good chance. Maybe people look at roulette now and think, fuck what i even enter like what what's flavor of the month what's good without going and looking at stats and stuff so i don't know would would it be an option for footstock to reduce the rake or remove the rake and add a small fee three pay a spin 10 pay a spin i don't know if they do 10 pay a spin each 32 man gives them 320 if they're fucking flying through would, they, would that even speed it up enough i'm thinking if they were getting 320 into their coffers they could actually buy cards off the market technically i don't know if that's doable if that's enough would people take a 10p hit to play with that i don't know would they like that more than a rake or is the, is the rake a bit quieter and under the radar fuck i don't know is the answer there's a lot to it i don't envy tom it Mitchum might change and, once the at the moment you've maybe got four or five cards that are it's just static ppg James Ward Prowse is the probably the best one, just now most consistent. Um, but football's back next week. It'll, it'll change every single day, and there might be someone new coming in. Um, you know, Asper Laquette, I might mean, get dropped for Reese James. His PPG drops that kind of thing. So hopefully, it'll be a bit less predictable over the next few weeks, and whether that can make a difference. I think like making more of the roulette on their behalf. Like if they had. 50 random types of roulette almost like the virtual battles random things and it, it's you know, almost like we do on the stream if they had it like a keepers roulette would pop up keepers only and people have to enter keepers now everyone might enter their neck popes but it's a keeper only roulette or they pop up and it's like united player roulette do you know if you had like six tournaments rotating with different things and you're thinking fuck i don't have an entry for the this i want to enter my burnley player and hope to win a burnley entry for virtual battles and single matches like why not spice it up a bit and change it maybe that would instill something 
do you know why couldn't you have two star players only uh this only and because they could very quickly that could pop up and the entry requirements are there and it, it won't accept your submission or would it be completely impossible from a technological standpoint to have it where only one of each card first in first like first in gets to claim it so if someone's already entered and asked for you can't now i know people would be rushing down to the next one then and stuff but like if you can only enter the same card every three goes it would kind of rotate maybe that's a stupid idea but they're just a few different ideas um the, the last question unless you've anything else on that it, no 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 i think that's everything yeah so p murph what's your advice for people looking to master roulette how do you approach virtual tournaments well they're two different questions um we've t- kind of talked on roulette if you want to touch on how people can master it i don't think you can master it um see i think a lot is due like what i would say is having a bit of a structure um for me it's different with four eight and 16 and 32 so um i didn't really touch four man three four or five star they're just an absolute killer um but like eight man i've maybe got a set of a player like Albrighton, um, someone like Willie Bowley, then maybe Xhaka and like Van Anholt. So it's maybe going to cost, you know, seven, eight pounds for the, the four players, maybe buy, you know, four or five of them. So that's that's your set that you're going to use in the eight man, 16 man and 32 man pretty much use the same. Maybe like Ward Prowse, Aspilicueta, uh, Van Anholt and Shaw, for example, um, and just rotate of the same cards though. Because I find when you, when you start just, picking someone that you've got in your in your collection you just it doesn't really work for me um but when i go the same cards um it seems to be a bit more successful where sometimes you'll find um if you put maybe if you're going a bit of losing streak take a break and then come back with it's you know a different rotation maybe maybe change one player put in a Pereira and steady van anholt and stuff like that but but take a wee break if you're on a losing streak but I think having a um, having a, a set of players that you use kind of consistently works a lot better for me rather than just chucking in random. Mm. Well, I'd say the thing with that is like, well, you think you're just picking a wee a ra- not that I'm saying you do, but while people it might feel like you're picking a random rotation of players and you're you're going through them and know that's working out. Really, what's happening is you're picking the optimal players and rotating them. You're going to pick the ones that people are people are using Shaw Pereira and the guys for a reason. It's because of the best and they're going to win the most. You know, Ward Price, like that—that's why they're being picked. It's not because people like them. So whenever you're you're sort of rotating around them, you're rotating around the optimal picks, and therefore stacking the odds slightly in your favor, um, at least against the odds on on offer. What? Why is the community so useful on Footstock as opposed to other trading sites? Um, it's actually it's quite a helpful community. I think. Um, one thing I would say things like on like football index for example you see everyday people pumping players i don't ever seen anyone pump a player on on footstock it's kind of just the hell of lagden son case closed <laughs> <laughs> apart from that one I, scumbag <laughs> no but i know what you mean i know what you mean it's just helpful in the slack community on twitter it's quite good you know if there's a tournament one you get a bit of a celebration or if people are putting their teams and saying what do you think of my team when you're up against each other, but people are still coming in saying that in the night, someone talking about choosing Man United, and people are just saying, I remember it's like the last four or five games are useless. Like, um, so then I ch- Man United will smash it now, but I took it most of my players and I've just got Bruno in. Um, but people didn't really need to help like that, and just I know, just friendly bunch, I think. Hey, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not always like that. There's, <laughs> there's a few that can be 
try and be shitsters and that, but um, but overall, just quite quite a good community. And like, I've got group chats and that where I'm, you know, I speak to them more, more than I speak to my real mates, <laughs> like real life mates. I speak to them in the group chat, you know, every day, um, just having a bit of a laugh and that. So, uh, it's just a friendly bunch. They're, they're quite quite a helpful. Uh, the Slack community especially really helpful. Um, and the, I think the Footstock team being in there as well, like you see Tom in there every single day, um, then being in there as well, kind of, I don't know, brings it a bit, kind of more tight I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I get the complete same vibe. I think it's a great community and, and sort of can't wait for the meetup, the inevitable meetup one day that they host. Hopefully some <laughs> people can make the effort and, and get there, but I'd say out the other side of COVID, that'll be high on their agenda, a trader meet. Or whatever they call us, player meet. Yeah. That would but be class. <laughs> it would. But Ian, look, we're gonna wrap it up there. We're hitting the forty minute mark. It's been a pleasure. Do you wanna tell people where to find you if you want find? Um on Twitter, I think I'm I think I'm FS Hoodwink nineteen eighty three, if I remember right. Um or FS Hoodwink. Uh, and on Slack I think I'm I think I'm FS Hoodwink as well. Good man. Well look, it's been a pleasure and I'll chat to you again. Thank you very much. Thanks, see you later. Cheers, bye, bye. Bye bye.